Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you. Seeing how your week's going, huh? Making sure the Celtics fans are fucking... <laughs> you just got your asses whipped. By the Milwaukee Bucks. Ugh, the Boston Slam is over. Um, and there's a lot of people that are happy about that. A lot of sports fans are happy about that. And I'll ask you this. What does that say about you as a person? That that's where you get your joy. In the failures of others. You know, Boston could have used a sports pick-me-up. We only won the World Series in the Super Bowl this past year. Um... I'm just fucking with you. I, I do the same thing. Like, I'm actually really upset that, um, well, I guess it doesn't matter because the Lakers aren't in it, but I want Kevin Durant to be totally healthy. And if the Celtics aren't going to win it, just anybody but the Lakers. And uh, But I, th- I think that my hatred of the Lakers is justified considering for whatever reason they get to count a non-NBA title as an NBA title. Um, and I give it up to the Lakers. They are the most successful team in my lifetime. Sorry, emptying shit because my laptop's full here. Emptying my trash. Um, they are. They're the most successful team. They're fucking amazing. And they were able to transition from the old school way right into the free agency way better than the Celtics have. So I'll give them up on that. My only thing with them is uh, take that fucking banner down. You know? Quit hitting off the ladies' tees. Win all your championships in the NBA. I think that that's fair. Um, but having said that, I, I didn't see a second of the um, Milwaukee Bucks series, but I definitely, um, I don't know. I definitely kind of saw, I didn't see us winning it this year. I was a little excited when we, when we swept the Pacers, but um, we just couldn't get into a groove this year. Just couldn't. I don't know what the fuck happened. It, I, it's almost like I don't know. It was like it was like when you know, in, in music, when they put together a, a a super band, as they call it, it's like we'll get the bass player from this huge band, and we'll get the drummer from this band, and blah blah, blah and all that type of shit. And you think that this thing's gonna. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And I think if you're a good Celtic fan, get off the fucking internet and stop fucking pointing fingers. Until you clean up your own fucking life. All right? Until you put your hatred of the Lakers to bed like me. <laughs> no, you, you, you're not going to be doing the Celtics any favor by going on there and pointing the fingers and, and pointing your finger at people and, and saying a bunch of negative shit. Um, you know, leave that to the, to the analysts or whatever. They're going to say enough, but you don't need to fan the flames because what I'm worried right now is what's going to happen is everybody's going to trash Kyrie Irving, blame him, and then he's going to go sign with somebody else and he's going to have this fire in his belly and it's going to come back to haunt us. So just, you know, whatever. Sometimes you ever see a, somebody redo a car and they just put too much shit on it, you know? Too many bells and whistles. The rims don't, you know, should have picked a different rim or you didn't need this. You didn't need It's kind of like that. It's just a little bit too much, uh, too much mustard on the hot dog. And I don't, I just don't think there was room enough for the amount of creativity on that team. There just wasn't enough touches for everybody. And people started getting 
I don't know. Something happened. I don't know what. They just couldn't get to the flow. But I do know that we have the best fucking young coach in the NBA. And we also have arguably one of the best GMs in Danny Ainge. So I, I believe what we, we're going to be able to fix this thing. But uh, thank you to the Celtics for, uh, another, you know, we came up short, but it was still a great year. And congratulations to your Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, I'd be lying to you as an NBA fan to not say that it isn't uh, exciting to see that team. After all these years, I mean, I can't remember the last time they had a, a, a nice run. I imagine something happened between Sidney Moncrief and uh, Giannis, I, 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 to, 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 mostly Tatupu, whatever, I can't say, Ante Tatumpo, um, since him. But um, that is an exciting team to watch. Uh, whatever, it's just, it's good. It's good when teams, you know, it's not good when just fucking New York, Boston, and L.A. are fucking doing something in every, every goddamn year. It's, it's just not good. It's not good for the fucking league. So I, I root for everybody else. And I am almost to the point now um, where I'm letting go of my anger of like, like, I just don't, I don't, I'm too old now. I just, I don't give a fuck. All right. I'm not going to sit here and waste time and root against the fucking Lakers, even though I was just trashing them the Canadians and the Yankees. Like, I don't give a fuck anymore Um, because no matter how much I hate them, it's not going to change the result when they play the game. So what the fuck am I doing? All right. God bless all of them. I root for the Boston ones. And if you beat us, congratulations. How about that? How's that for enlightened? Here's a big question. Bill, can you sustain it? It's like I'm on an emotional diet right now which I, I need to go on a real fucking diet after this shit. I had one fucking Snickers bar in an airport because they were boarding and I didn't have time. And I remember that advertisement where they tried to act like it was a, actually a decent replacement for a meal. Remember when Snickers had the balls to do that? It's packed with peanuts. Yeah, surrounded by fucking the food version of heroin. Sugar. And I got back on the sugar, man. I tied off. I snorted the first one, and then I shot the... I ate more goddamn candy and dessert on the last four days of this fucking... This trip, and uh, I came home looking like I was fucking getting ready to play Santa Claus on fucking the next Christmas holiday. So, I, uh, I got back on it yesterday. It's just, it's just hard to eat well when you're on the road, but... Um, People, keep the vegetarian meals coming in, man. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like a hybrid, my version. Um, sort of like, a, like the way a, a rich kid goes to the army. You know what I mean? I'm going to be a vegetarian the way George W. Bush served his country. <laughs> I'm going to be in the vegetarian reserves and, you know, not show up for a few days. Um, now, why pick on him? I don't know, because we're fucking bankrupt. After that fucking day, yeah, how's our intelligence? Yeah, it's fucking damn good. I would, where's that guy? Can he come out and say, now that we're 20 trillion in debt? Hey, sorry about bankrupting your fucking entire futures. I don't know. Bartnick kind of was talking to me about some shit like that. I was kind of putting the last two, this one and the the one before us in perspective with what they fucking inherited. It's a fucking shit show. It's like a water main break broken. They get you walked in there with a fucking wrench and a pair of rubber boots and you're supposed to try and fix it. I don't, I don't know what I don't know, but that's too fucking dark. OK, and I'm taking it on the upswing here because I'll tell you this. I at this point 
I've been to almost, I think I've been to 29 different countries. 28, really. I went to the Holy City, too. The Holy See, which is considered its own fucking country. Um, and uh, the overwhelming thing that I have found is people are nice. People, uh, yeah, they're just decent. Walk around, they're just fucking nice. And all of this fucking shit that's going on is the cunts at the top because they want to control everything. And I really got to tell you, dude, just don't fucking watch the news. I, I literally went to fucking Israel not watching the news, had no idea that Hamas had shot like fucking six, 700 fucking rockets. I don't know if it's into Jerusalem or what. Had no idea. Just landed there. I mean, people immediately gave me that information, but you know, people were fucking nice. They're fucking nice. And when I got outside my hotel, I saw some Palestinian people and they were peacefully protesting. And it's just people are fucking, they're just nice. They're nice. All of this fucking, these are evildoers and these fucking people and all these fucking people, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. What it is, is there's cunts like you on the other side of the fucking fence. Um, smartest thing I ever did was I stopped watching the news. I really did. If you, you know, and I swear to God, if I wasn't in this fucking business, I'd get off social media. If you got off, so, think, imagine if you did this. If you got off social media, you stopped watching the news. All right. And then you fucking, I don't know, start reading. You know, watch, you know, I watched a really cool documentary. Watch this one. There's this documentary this kid made. He was trying to do a documentary with Bill Murray. Bill Murray never got to him. Then he kind of realized other things or whatever. But he was kind of investigating all of these stories about Bill Murray walking down the street and then just jumping in a kickball game with random people, taking pictures and disappearing. Just kind of watch that thing, the way that guy, or at least the way they're presenting, the way the dude lives his life. It's pretty, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was just stuck on an airplane, but it kind of affected me when I was watching it. I actually watched a bunch of great movies um, on the 12-hour flight before the four-hour delay at a connecting flight. Never connect when you're traveling international. As you basically, considering it's playoff times, let's get to the X and O's. You basically just increased your chances of a delayed flight by 100%. Because you doubled the amount of planes that you were taking, and God damn it, it happened. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to United Airlines for making it happen. I thought, you know, these guys were up against it. With the, by the time the delay was over, everybody, the stewardesses, everybody, flight attendants, everybody was up against it, and they still went. Anyways, we were supposed to get in at like um, 10, 15 L.A. time. We finally got in at like 3 a.m. And I basically spent 24 hours on planes and in an airport. And uh, it's just one of those things where it's so... A 12-hour flight is so fucking long, you don't even give a shit. I just sit there as a cigar. I stayed up for the entire thing, too. And I, the first thing I watched was this Bill Murray documentary. Then I watched... Um, let me make sure I get the names of these movies right. I watched that Jonah Hill movie. Um, is it mid-90s? Is that what it's called? Mid-90s. Look at that full movie. Pay for that thing, you cheap fuck. Mid-90s, yeah. Um, Jonah Hill movie. Fucking love that movie. Great movie. Incredible performances. I love the writing and all of that. And um, 
And I was like, man, this must have got great reviews or whatever. And I looked it up. And so much of the shit was about the language, the harsh language that was used and all of that shit. I just don't know. I don't understand when they decided to treat every moviegoer out there like they're a fucking child. You know what I mean? I remember watching Roots when I was a kid. They didn't have this big fucking thing. Now, there's going to be a lot of uh, harsh things that you're going to see here. You know, if Roots came out now, I think they would literally be like, you know, is, is, that, is that the right thing to put out now? Is this going to start slavery again? It's just like, this is the way people talked. The, the title of the movie is literally called Mid-90s. Is that 1890s? I don't understand. Just watch the movie. It was fucking like, I was really blown away by um, the performances too. And I also loved the ending, which is the hardest thing to land um, is the third act without doing some sort of thing that people can see. They can see the end coming or something like that. It was just a fucking phenomenal movie. So congratulations to Jonah Hill and everybody else that was in it. The acting, the actors in it were just... It was just, it was so fucking great, man. I'd really love that movie. All right. And then next up, I saw, I watched uh, On the Waterfront and finally fucking paid attention because I had to. Incredible movie. I know that's like one of the best ones of all time, but I actually sat and watched it. Loved that one. Then I watched, uh, I got to make sure I get this one right too. The Laurel and Hardy movie. Um, another great one. I was just Stan and Ollie. Um, I watched that movie and just, once again, absolutely fantastic fucking movie. I made sure I picked good ones. You know what I mean? As if I'm going to sit here, I'm going to make sure I, I watched, uh, you know, I remember Mark Marin was raving about that movie. So I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to watch this. But uh, Steve Coogan and John C. Riley, Shirley Henderson and... Uh, Nina Arianda, they were like the main, they played basically uh, Laurel and Hardy and then their significant others. And uh, Nina Arianda, her character was fucking hilarious. Definitely check that one out. Then what's that? That's one, two, three. Is that three or four? Four. That's four with the Bill Murray thing. And then I watched, um, I started, I was like, all right, man. Like, these are really great movies, but you really have to pay attention. Let me watch something a little sillier. And they had St. Elmo's Fire was on there. And I got through maybe eight minutes of that movie. It was, oh, man, it was. Uh... Dude, when, when, when fucking, what, what the fuck's his name? When he takes Rob Lowe's head and he stuffs it in a fucking toilet in a bar. And he, the guy doesn't get mad. He's like, oh, you know, whatever. The wet look is in. I'm like, okay. All right. And then for the third time, they did the, they all told the joke and they all went, but um, bump. And then they had that little fucking thing that they, like, we get it. They have camaraderie. They're college friends. I was just like, all right. Um, plus, basically, everybody had this look on their face that they were just really enjoying being famous. <laughs> I don't think that was a good time for any of those actors because I like all the actors in that movie, but that was just like, they had that look on their face like, yeah, this is never going to end. Um, not all of them. Um, anyway, it, it, so I, I shut that one off and I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this is actually going to make the flight seem longer. So then the, the last movie I watched, what the hell did I watch? 
I just went blank. I watched another really good one. This is how my brains work. Because I literally knew the movie, and then I thought, wait, what was the one previous to it? And then if I go previous, it just erases the last thought. Oh, I remember. I watched uh, What Happened to Baby Jane, starring Betty Davis and uh, I don't want to that Joan Collins, the other Joan. Let me see, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And I always heard that, you know, they, they did a whole movie about how they didn't fucking like each other and all of this type of shit. I watched that movie. That's one of those movies that's it's like the performances and everything are really good. Then it, it keeps going out off the road and then it comes back. There is sort of a major hole in it where, you know, some shit that's happened before you get to see them. It's like, and the cops didn't intervene and then they were cool with the two of them just hanging out. Is, is, that, is that what happened? Oh, the studio fixed it. Um uh, I actually really enjoyed it. And there's an actor in it who I really fucking loved. And it turned out, I'm going to get his name here. It turned out that uh, he actually was the one that played King Tut on the Batman series. It was a phenomenal uh, actor. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? What's his name? Oh, for fuck's sakes. Is it Victor Buono? Is that how you say his name? Yes. Larger than life. And with an eloquent king-size appetite for maniacal merriment. Who the fuck wrote this shit? Um, Jesus Christ, he didn't live long. Huh? Died at 43. That must have been the old heart attack. People, try to get the weight off. Try to keep the, get the weight off and try and keep it off. Don't eat a bunch of fucking candy like I did. So anyways, I recommend all of those movies. Um, and I guess St. Elmo's Fire too. if you're doing some research on the Brat Pack. Uh, if I was going to watch a Brat Pack movie, I would watch The Breakfast Club. I think that that was the high watermark of that. But uh, St. Elmo's Fire wasn't a good one. Um, what were the other ones? About last night. What was the one that had Andrew McCarthy and Rob Lowe? And they both went to college. And uh, I, 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 don't, I, can't, I can't talk about the movie without giving the fucking thing away. But it has one of the most anticlimactic endings to a movie I've ever seen. I'm not ripping either actor because I think they did a good job. But it's just like, did they just improv the end of that fucking thing? Um. I don't want to ruin that one. Anyway. All right. What, what am I fucking Siskel and Ebert here? Shut the fuck up, Bill. Whatever. That's what, that's what I watched. Then I got home. Finally got home uh, at about, you know, 3.34 in the morning. And uh, I was able to uh, yesterday sleep a little bit. Right now it's four in the morning. My time. I uh, was able to stay up till about four in the afternoon yesterday. Going to watch the Celtics game. I was like, I'm going to close my eyes for an hour. And I woke up at eight and I was like, ah, fuck. Um, cause a pipe burst in my house. Shout out to my wife handling that whole fucking thing. Um, one of the main things you, you can, greatest things you can ever teach your wife is how to shut off the fucking water in your house before major water, uh, damage gets done. And she handled that like a champ. By the time she woke me up, the plumbers were already there and they fixed it. So I don't know. As I've said, this house has a lot of character. It's got a lot of character, everybody, a lot of fucking character. Um, 
Run and hide, if anybody ever says that of a house that you're, you're thinking about buying. All right, but the Boston Bruins and your North Carolina Hurricanes are getting ready to show. First game tonight, 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time. Fucking 7 p.m. Central time and 6 p.m. Mountain time. Did I handle everything? What time is it in Hawaii? I don't know. Probably starts at like fucking 1 in the afternoon, 2 in the afternoon. I don't know. Honolulu time. Uh, 4 o'clock Alaska time. Uh, The Bruins start their series with the very difficult Caroline Hurricanes. Have no idea. I don't know anything about this team other than that they've been an absolute buzzsaw since the beginning of April. So this should be another tough one. Um, I don't know why they're giving Marshawn shit for that little fucking snarky fucking reporter giving him a rough time. Somebody tried to equate it to how I, I missed the whole series. Charlie McAvoy, I guess, uh, had a hit that was up high, possibly dirty, you know, hit against somebody on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And he's like, and they're still able to shake hands. Why doesn't Brad Marchand uh, give more than one word answers to this fucking jerk off reporter? Because he's not on the ice. That's why he's not a player. Stop it. This guy wrote this whole fucking article like the reporters are just like people wouldn't even know what was going on. We totally would know what was going on. We're not there for your report. We're there for the game. We're watching the fucking game. People would still watch literally if there was no fucking announcers. It wouldn't be as good. Would not be as good. All right. But I would say right now that the level of coverage. It's it's it's. So above and beyond anything that's even needed. Where did that where did that fucking thing even happen? It happened during the warm-ups before a fucking playoff game. And Marchand took time out of warming up for a crucial fucking playoff game to talk to this fucking asshole, and then he starts giving him shit like he's actually picked sides. And he skated away like he should have. I liked what he did, and I liked that he gave one-word answers. But, of course, the press is always going to have the last answer, and then they're going to bring up. You know, you lick a few faces, a couple of slew-foots, the next thing you know, you can never get a break in the press. But that's just how it is. That's just how it is. But all I know is, is that Brad Marchand and the Boston Bruins have moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and that fucking reporter has not. Someone's going to hoist the trophy this year, the Stanley Cup, and they're going to skate around with him. I can tell you one person who isn't, that fucking guy and me. So why don't you shut the fuck up with your little snarky... He didn't, if he just asked him about the play, he didn't. He goes, hey, did you get your skate sharp? And he sounded like a fucking Blue Jacket fan. So fuck that guy. Fuck his Instagram and all that shit. Not saying to go on it and trash him. Because that's, that's even worse. That's even worse than what I'm doing here on the podcast. <laughs> um, so... Being jet lagged, I was able to get caught up with some of the MotoGP, although I'm having a problem with their fucking uh, their website. I guess they haven't uploaded the, um, the replay of the, uh, the, the race from Spain yet, but I was able to watch the one from Austin, Texas, where Mark Marquez was in turn 12, which I guess is a difficult turn because you come down from that straightaway and you got to go from sixth gear all the way down to first gear, and I don't know what happened. They kept saying trail breaking. I'm not a motorcycle guy. I tried to be that guy for fucking two months out here in L.A. And all I could kept thinking about was the time Richie Cunningham got the motorcycle and Fonzie was telling him not to get it. And then he ended up having a fucking accident because you know what? He was a car guy. 
one of the most dangerous things out there if you're riding a motorcycle beyond people texting, all right, is, is while they're driving, is to have a car guy on a motorcycle. And I, I, I was able to recognize that myself. So anyways, uh, there was nobody near him, and he just fucking wiped out. He just wiped out and then couldn't get the bike started. And then... Uh, and he got no championship points, so it was huge, obviously, for him to get a win here. And he, I think he's right. I think he's back up by one because Davizioso had a. Uh, oh no, I'm I'm confusing races. Davizioso had a great start in the uh, the Austin one, and they did a little boo 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 in the fucking first turn, and then that was it for him the whole fucking day. I still don't understand why how. I I do like it. I think what makes motorcycle racing. Interesting to me is like just how certain bikes are just why are certain bikes better in the corners and other bikes are better on the straightaway? Is it simply the way that they have them set up or is it literally, hey, we're just making a better fucking engine for this thing? Is it how I always hear like how I've missed the glory days of Formula One because now the cars are too evenly matched and it's all about racing to the first turn and whoever gets to the first turn and then the ones who win the fucking thing. That seems to be what happens in Formula One. Um, but, uh, I was not able to watch the last F1 race, which I'm going to watch here now at like four in the morning when I finish this podcast. And I believe Lewis Hamilton is just, uh, I think he won that one again. I mean, I don't know this. It's literally just like which Mercedes driver is going to win it this year or more accurately. Does Valtteri Botas have a run in him to stop the inevitable? Um, so I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to fucking watch that when I get done recording this thing. Had to go downstairs into the uh, L.A. version of a basement and uh, record this thing because I don't want to wake up my lovely daughter who I had not seen in fucking eight days. Crushed me, right? And I came home and uh, she woke up early or whatever and I was psyched because I was up and I went in there to get her up and I was waiting to see her beautiful face light up that, oh my God, I'm seeing, I'm seeing daddy, right? And I came in. And she had a big smile on her face. And the first thing she said to me was, I want mama. (laughs) So I just left. You know, got her up, changed her and all that type of stuff. And then um, it's unreal. I hate being away like that. Uh, But I did did bring everybody to Iceland and we had an amazing week there. So, I mean, and you know what? This is how I keep the lights on. So I do have to, you know go out and go to work. Plumber has to go out and fix the fucking sinks. And I have to go out and go tell my jokes. I will tell you though, uh, just being away a week, she got even taller and now she can like put her, her pajama top on herself all by herself. She can move her arm around and get through the sleeve. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, go away for a week. They, they grow by leaps and bounds. So, um, anyway, I got her out of bed and, uh, you know, I was stiff as hell from being on the plane. So I, so she goes, let's go see mama. And I said, all right, well, hang on a second. I got to stretch first. So what's hilarious is when I do my stretches, she does them with me. And then she imitates the noises that I make. So like I did like the forward bend, you know, to start yoga, you know, you grab your elbows or whatever, do a forward bend. And I, you know, when I got past basically a certain level, I was like, ah, and then she does hers and she goes, ah, she just imitates. She laughs. She thinks I'm being funny rather than just being old. So um, she comes into the bedroom now and she takes the foam roller and she puts it down and she sits down on it. And how the, her height, it's like a little chair. And she sits down on it and she's going, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Thinking that like that's what you're supposed to do, whether, the, uh, whether it hurts or not. 
she's the best. And I'm home for a little bit before uh, I have an acting gig uh, that shoots this entire summer. I don't know. I think they already they they already put some stuff out about it. Uh, it's a I usually tell jokes and shit about the shit that I'm in, but I'm actually in a uh, Pete Davidson movie uh, vehicle that that with Judd Apatow and all those guys. So I'm very excited to be in this thing. And um, I got to eat perfectly here for the next few weeks, get, be in the, the right kind of shape. You know what's great, though, is when you are my age, it's acceptable to, acceptable to be in a certain level of shape, you know. He's 50. I'm going to turn 51 in this fucking shoot. Um, anyways, by the way, it's Mother's Day. It is Mother's Day, everybody, coming up this Sunday. Don't forget. Um, let me read a little bit of advertising here, and then that'll be it here. All right. Dollar Shave Club, dude. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best, and you never have to go to the store. Uh, oh, after, after I'm done reading these things, I'm going to tell you about my show in Israel, um, in Tel Aviv specifically. That's because they deliver everything you need right to your door, and they keep you fully stocked on what you use so you don't run out. Here's how it works. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready, no matter what you're getting ready for. They have you covered head to toe for your hair, your skin, your face, you name it. They have it. And they have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked up on the products you use. You determine what you want, when you want it, and it shows up right at your door from once a month to once every six months. Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. And right now, Dollar Shave Club has a bunch of starter sets you can get for just $5, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular price. Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. All right. Legal Zoom. Running a small business is a lot of work. It takes time and money, and you want all the time and money you have to go towards growing your business. But what happens when legal hurdles pop up along the way? LegalZoom is there to help. Nearly 2 million Americans have used LegalZoom to start their businesses with LLCs and corporations and more. But even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help out. Things like lease agreements, changing tax laws, and contract reviews are all part of running your own business. And these are precisely the kinds of costly hurdles that can take time away from growing your business. That's why LegalZoom created their business legal plan. Get advice for running your business from vetted independent attorneys and tax professionals available in all 50 states. The best part is you you won't get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Make Make your time and money work for you. Check out LegalZoom's business, LegalZoom... Check out LegalZoom's business legal plan at LegalZoom.com. A lot of legal in there. Now, and get special savings when you enter Burr. Check out LegalZoom, where life meets legal, LegalZoom.com. And one more for you. Old Zip. Hiring used to be hard. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today... Hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's all zip. Recruiter.com slash burr. Zip recruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, zip. Yeah. Scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply uh, to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spots lights, 
the top candidates so you never miss a great match. Sip. Is so effective that four out of five employees who post on Zip get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free for an exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Spell it out. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash Burr. That's Zip. The smartest way to hire. All right. Um, I did a show in Tel Aviv. I actually recorded the show. Uh, hopefully, I didn't take the audio straight from the board. I don't know if, if it's been mic'd up, but I just wanted to have, I just had a feeling I was going to have, it was just going to be one of those, um, sometimes you just, you, just, you just feel it, you know? Not saying that the other ones weren't. I think the last time I talked to you, I just done Helsinki, which was amazing. Oslo was crazy. Fucking crazy show. I had close to six or 7,000 people show up. And then we went to, um, we went to, oh, this podcast is going to go a little long. Then we went to uh, Amsterdam. Um, and that was like 3,500 people. Couldn't believe like that many fucking people showed up. Other side of the world, just to hear my fucking shit and dick jokes was amazing. And um, we went out in uh, Oslo Went out and I smoked a cigar. My friggin' cigar smoking is off the rails. I really got to reel that in. You know, I feel like in a way that I kind of replaced the fact that I wasn't drinking, which was hard when I was going through Europe. So all of a sudden, I'm fucking eating candy bars and smoking cigarettes. It's fucking craziness. Just because I'm addicted to some sort of buzz at the end of the day. So once I, I, I have to fucking get back to what I was doing, which was putting on my PJs and, and, and fucking reading a book, which I would have done because I, I have like 25 more pages to go in that Beastie Boy book, but it was the hardcover special edition. So it was like sticking a fucking extra laptop in my bag and I, I didn't want to check a bag, so I didn't bring it. So I should have brought like this paperback book somebody got me on The Simpsons or something like that. And done that instead. But I didn't. So now I have to live with my decisions. Um, so anywho, I, um, let me see. What was that? Th- oh, yeah. So Oslo, we ended up going out when we went to Oslo. Oslo? Is that how you say it? And uh, they took us out to this, this bar. It was funny. It was freezing cold out. We walked home. And they were going, yeah, just let you know. You know, because they want you know, to take a cab or it's just like a six, five, six minute walk. We're like, oh, let's walk. And we get out and it was freezing out. And the guy goes, yeah, just let you know, this is the bad part of town. Like, a lot of people don't like coming down to this part of town. It's like, well, you know, you probably should have said that, you know, five minutes ago when we were deciding how we were going to get home. So then we're walking, and it was just like, I don't know. I mean, there was definitely some drunk people there. Didn't seem too fucking crazy. Granted, I was only in that part of town for five minutes. And who really mugs somebody on a freezing cold night, you know? I always feel like people that mug people are like, yeah, I'm going to fucking stay in tonight. You know, put on my PJs and read a book on how to mug people better. You know, mugging for dummies, whatever the fuck they would read. Then I went to uh, went to Amsterdam the next day. Um, ate at this amazing fucking egg place that was right down the street. They had a gourmet chicken sandwich. One of those places I ordered it, and they're like, "I'm sorry, we sold we were sold out of, of that sandwich." You're like, "Oh, this is one of these artisan places, right?" It was delicious. If you go to Amsterdam, send me an email and I'll let you know what the fuck it is because I don't have the information with me right now. Um. I'm sure you can just find it on fucking, if you just Google it. God knows that's how I, I found it. And then I went to, uh, 
we went out to, I forget the name of the place. There was just some bar where you could just go in and you could just order weed and smoke some weed. And so <laughs> they had milkshakes too. So I said, all right, fuck it. So me and Bartnick went in there. And I am not a big weed guy, and I'm still not. And uh, I don't know. This was just body high shit. So I smoked it, and I was just like, I'm not high. I don't feel high right now. And I think it was because it was a body high, because the next day I woke up, and I definitely feel like, you know, well, something happened. So I don't know. I don't know if I, I... I guess I was. I don't know. All I know is I enjoyed the shit out of that fucking milkshake. And it also took me, like... I asked for a vanilla milkshake, and then the woman showed up, and she goes, when she brought the orders, like, did you ask for vanilla or strawberry? I, I can't remember. It's like, yeah, because everybody's smoking weed in here. And I, was, and I looked at it, and it looked like a vanilla shake because it was all white. So I sipped. I go, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's vanilla. And it wasn't until I was like three-quarters of the way through that I kind of got to the clump of the ice of it, that, uh, the clump of the milkshake. You know, it's all stuck together. That's, I guess, where all the strawberries were. I don't know. I don't know, but that was sort of interesting. I, I got to be honest with you, though, dude. I just, I'm not into it. I'm just not into weed. I'm just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like sitting around like, hey, man, like, I'm just like fucking chilling here, man. I'm just not <laughs> fucking not. I would rather smoke a cigar and, uh, than, than just sit there, which is an obnoxious thing to do. Um, I will tell you, though, if, if, uh, if you are a single person, you know, and you got a little bit of fucking time off, I mean, that part of the world's a great place to go. Norway and Finland, the women were just fucking gorgeous, ridiculous. And they just have like regular jobs because there's so many of them, you know? You literally order room service and you're looking at this woman, it's like you would be reading the national news in my country. <laughs> I mean, I'd say they're all like that, but Jesus Christ, man, it's, it was, you know, I don't, I feel like a troll when I'm walking around over there. So then lastly, but leastly, uh, we did our show in Tel Aviv. And man, I just had this feeling. I was like, I just got a feeling that show is going to be one of those shows. And it, and it was. It was like, um, I feel like the last three shows, Norway, Amsterdam, and then something happened when I was in, uh, when I was in Helsinki where I was just like, all right. Just whatever, just do what you always do. Whatever the joke you think and just do that one next. Because I was really doing this rigorous, like, I must dump my last hour of material and I must do all of these new bits that I have. And the new bits are working. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing them because people paid money to see me. But there was no flow to them. It was kind of like the Celtics this year. <laughs> I have all these fucking ideas. But it was just like, the, the, you know, the transitions were a little awkward. And uh, I said, ah, fuck this. I'm just going to just do my shit. And it just kind of came to a peak when I went to uh, Tel Aviv. And it just could not have been a better fucking crowd. And I, you know, found out when I was over there that like 10% of their population doesn't even fucking pay taxes. And uh, from what I can understand, it was the the, the Jewish people who dress up like, like the... Uh, sort of the, the pilgrim look without the buckle on the front and the curly Q hair on the side... I don't know if it's every one of them, but it was just like, dude, what the fuck? How the fuck? Especially in Israel. You can't kick in for a little bit of something to defend your people. It, uh, that's just, you know, 
I don't get that at all. Because God knows there's people in my country doing the same fucking thing, making billions and billions and millions of fucking dollars, and they don't pay any fucking taxes. And then nobody goes after them. And then when the bill comes in, oh, it's a little higher. Then, oh, we, we got to tax the people that are already, the honest people already paying taxes. We got to tax them more. And what kills me is people who make less money are like, yeah, that's the solution. Nobody goes, oh, we got to go after these fucking freeloading cunts. So anyways, I made fun of that, uh, came right out, opened with that. So I was just like, all right, I got to see, you know, where, where, where these people are at. I did a Hitler joke that also killed. And I was just like, all right, these fucking people are cool. And we just, I just had like the best fucking time. And uh, afterwards, I met like, I think just about every comedian in Israel we did a group photo. We were having a great time. And this woman kept saying, all right, all right, get out. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. I said, they're not bothering me. And then she goes, yes, they are. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize you're more in touch. I should have put my foot down. I've been like, lady, lady, they're, they're not. They're not. Relax. Relax. Okay? They're not bothering. I'm not just being nice. I like meeting comedians. Um. So anyway, uh, I met them, and then when I walked outside, there was all these people hanging out, and um, you know, I took all these pictures. I met some guy from Turkey, came down from Turkey just to see my act, which was so flattering. There was another woman there who was like, I don't know, like it looked like you know, seven, eight months pregnant. You know, took time to come out to the show. It was just one of those nights, and uh, afterwards. Me, Bartnick, and Club Soda Kenny, like we didn't, we didn't want the night to end. So we'd already smoked like two of the best cigars I've, I've ever had. There was this, right next to my hotel, there was like this little like bodega that sold everything from fucking M&Ms and ice cream and beer and wine to fucking, and they had Cuban cigars. And I don't know what their little humidor system was, but they sm- the draw on them was incredible. So the first day... We smoked a, uh, I can't remember we talked about this because I know I recorded the afternoon of the show. The first one we smoked was a, uh, it was a Cohiba Robusto. And then the next day it was, I don't know if you say Partagas or Partagas. We smoked the, uh, the Series D, which is their version, I think, of a Robusto. And it was two of the best fucking cigars. And we just was sitting there right on uh, Jaffa Beach sitting on a park bench, watching people go by. And, uh, you know, there, there was a church. Or what, do they, what do they call it? They don't call it. Is it a synagogue? A temple. Uh, some dude would just, I don't know, on the hour or whatever, would start singing in fucking, is it Hebrew? You'd just be sitting there, right? Like you weren't getting enough of the fucking vibe of Israel. All of a sudden, this guy would just, I was just like, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, and me and Barney would just look at each other and smile like, dude, we're in fucking Israel. We just sat there looking at the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, smoking this cigar. So that later on that night, we're like, what do you want to do? It's like, Bill, you want to smoke another cigar? It's like, dude, I can't. I can't. I already broke my rule of not smoking a cigar before a show, and I did that. Fucking throat is on fire here. So uh, I went to that bodega, and I just got a little thing of ice cream. Fucking hilarious. Three big meatheads walking down the beach eating ice cream, you know, at like fucking 1030 at night uh, and just sat there, just went over the whole tour 
in our heads just talking about, um, you know, just how much fun we had and what a fucking experience it was. We went all the way back to like, dude, remember when we were in Reykjavik, Iceland, meeting all those comedians and going up there and that, that one Icelandic comedian with the crazy laugh, he had this laugh like, how the fuck was I can't remember. It was just like <laughs> this crazy fucking laugh. And he went on stage and he was funny as hell. Um, and listening to them talking about the secret seller and their whole comedy thing. And, uh, and then we were off Copenhagen, Stockholm, Finland, and then the rest of the ones I just talked about. It couldn't, it, it just was just really one of those fucking tours and i gotta be honest with you i'm starting to think like i like to traveling internationally to do stand-up like i don't have to deal with like i do stand-up now in the states and it's just like what you get off stage like what the fuck did i say and it, it what what's going to be taken seriously did i go too far on that one is that going to be some sort of fucking issue and um i don't know it's probably why i i went so over the top on my latest special coming out and also why I love the new Nick DiPaolo special that's out, you know? And I don't agree with everything that the guy says, but just the fact that someone can get out there and just fucking say what they're thinking anyways. And I know there's going to be a bunch of people on the left who are going to be like, it's like, you tell me the difference between that fucking special that far to the right and some of these other specials that far to the left, you know? that You get to the point where there's just people just on stage saying liberal agenda there's there's no laughing people that just applause break uh the younger comics it's funny as hell they they told me they they call it those comics they go on stage and they get clapter nobody's fucking laughing so this is the answer to that and it's like if you don't want somebody going that hard on the other side then you 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 know we it's gotten fucking crazy like people need to sort of meet in the middle and and listen to each other and respect the fact that we're all fucking living here and that people have different views on things rather than just being like, which I'll, I'll ne- and never in my life did I ever think that I would see the left get to the fucking point where it's just like, say what we say, think what we think, and if you don't, we're going to destroy your fucking career. I was actually reading, you know, because I, I, you know, just watching those old movies and uh, watching Joan Crawford and Betty Davis you know, then all, you, you start looking them up and then they'll, they'll show like Lauren Bacall and all these great uh, Ingrid Bergman and all these great actresses from back in the day. And I think it was uh, Lauren Bacall had a thing saying how she was liberal, saying being a liberal is the greatest thing. that This is in like the 1940s or 50s. Being a liberal is the greatest thing that you can be. It makes you open minded and um, accepting of others. And just and I was I was just shaking my head going, yeah, that's what it used to be. Um. I don't know. I don't think it was always that because I, I always do think that I don't think that. Um, I don't know. Back when I was growing up, I mean, politicians have always been filthy, but like they had like that, that they kind of enjoyed the back and forth. It wasn't as nasty as it is now, but, but whatever. You just listen to a guy who doesn't even fucking watch the news and miss most of the sporting events. But tonight I got a little bit of rehearsal for that film. I'm going to start the game a little bit late, but uh, go Bruins as always, and I'm looking forward to another great series. Congratulations to the Columbus Blue Jackets on a phenomenal season. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks moving on. I'm going to enjoy watching you guys. Uh, I think I'm going to, uh, maybe I'll root for the Bucks. I don't know. I saw Durant. Thank God Durant didn't blow out his Achilles. That's like the fucking worst for a basketball or any, any athlete, so it's just a calf strain. So uh, I should maybe watch the rest of that series. 
God knows I got nothing to do, and I'm really tempted to fill up all my free time with going out and flying a fucking helicopter, but uh, I've learned that that adds stress and drains me when I fill up all everything in my life, and then I fucking start getting upset, and then people suffer, so I got to stop fucking doing that shit, so I think I'll only fly like twice instead of four times. Uh, whatever. I am wired the way I'm wired. I'm doing the goddamn Comedy Jam on Monday, the last show at the... Uh, Jesus Christ, what's the name of the fucking venue? At the Roxy. Monday, uh, May 13th at 9 p.m. And uh, I got to get this song together. I'm, I'm playing a song that's just, uh, wait. Yeah, May 13th. Yeah, I'm playing, I mean, I'm playing a song, as always. I'm, I'm always reaching beyond, unless I play like Highway to Hell. I'm, and even then, you know. That song is not as easy as you'd think as far as just playing something that simple and making it sound good. So I, I am reaching beyond my ability. So uh, let's see. I'm waiting for this thing to fucking load here. All I can see is the other two names. They, it says Jeff Ross and Maz. So that's obviously Jabroni. Maz Jabroni, Jeff Ross, myself, Josh Adam Myers, his wonderful band. And uh, this will be the last one at the Roxy Theater. I think they've actually maybe outgrown it and they're going to move on to a bigger venue. So uh, I'm going to be down there trying out my new jokes, forcing them down your throats, and then I'm going to get up and make a fool of myself playing drums as always. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great time. I hope DeRose is going to be there. I'm not sure if he is. Why won't this fucking thing tell me who's on the lineup? Oh, there it is. Uh, they got the name of the fucking promoters on there? Come on, who else is going to be on this fucking thing? Look at me. Look at me. It's so early in the morning, I can actually do an hour here on the Thursday podcast. All it has is the names of the promoters. Oh, man, look at that cheeseburger. Jesus, the internet, they just know. They fucking know. They, they, that's why they want to have the cookies everywhere. So they, ah, we see what he's into, and then we can... And that fucking Patriots jacket, I'm not going to buy it. I feel like if I finally buy that thing, when I click, you know, the PayPal to pay for it, the, my computer's going to go, ha, 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 ha. You know, we knew you couldn't resist. For those of you who, who haven't been listening to my podcast, I, I went on Mitchell and Ness. I love that website. Even though I look like a jerk off and all of their fucking, you know, all of their fucking stuff just because I'm an old guy here. But uh, I looked up, I was, this is Patriots jacket that I wanted when I was a little kid. And I still, I, I finally found it. Um, and who made it, but uh, they discontinued it. It was a cheap jacket anyways. The sleeves look leather, but I believe they were some sort of vinyl. And then it was supposed to be sort of a wool, you know, it's like a varsity jacket. And the, the jacket part that fit around like a bulletproof vest, that part of the jacket is uh, was supposed to be wool, but it was this pillowy, cheap fucking, the whole thing was a mess. Um, but I went on Mitchell and Ness first to see if they had done a version of the jacket, and they didn't. And I looked at some Patriots jackets, and I swear to God, this was like fucking two months ago, 60 days ago, and they won't let up. They won't let up, which means somebody, at least 60 days in, that they just kept showing the ad to, finally clicked and said, yeah, I'm going to buy that fucking thing. How hilarious is that? Oh, advertising. All right, that's it. Thank you to everybody who came out to my shows. I'm back here in the U.S., um, I'm going to watch the Bruins tonight. And, um, I think Joe Rogan is out at the ice house. If I get a fucking second wind, we'll see. We'll see. I might be too fucking tired. 
Um, I'm not officially on that fucking show, but there's a chance I might, I might drop by. I shouldn't say that because I most likely won't. All right, there's the honest. I most likely won't. But right now, at fucking 4.37 a.m., I'm feeling like I could fucking do that too. Take a little cat nap. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. And it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 9th, 2011. How the hell are you guys? Yeah, that's fucking great. I'm here at the uh, K-Rock Studios this week. A very special, very special edition of the Monday Morning Podcast. uh, Because I'm doing this huge comedy tour that Jim Norton put together. Which uh, stars Jimmy Norton. David Tell, Jim Brewer, and myself, the Anti-Social Network Tour, and we are hyping the date uh, May 13th. We're going to be in Washington, D.C. at Dar Constitution Hall or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. That's Omar laughing yeah. in the background. He's going to he's gonna be doing the, uh, actually working the boards. People have always complained yeah. about how awful Your levels are. my levels are. Yeah, yeah. You know what I like to do? I like to take the bass and turn it all the way down oh, really? and then just crank up the high ends. Nice. So it makes people's ears bleed. Absolutely. That's that's what I go with. So anyways, we're going to be hyping that this week. Jim Norton's actually going to call in. Dave Attell is going to call in. Jim Brewer was actually too busy. So whatever. We got two out of three. You know, one of the biggest tours out there. Uh, as I've said before, the sort of the Miami heat of comedy tours or possibly the Ocean's Eleven. If seven of them uh, died tragically. And then four decided to carry on and do a fucking comedy show. So anyways, uh, we're waiting for Jim Norton to call in at this moment. So uh, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to riff. Omar, if I look at you and I look panicked and I'm feeling fucking nuts, we'll riff a little bit. But until then, just act like I'm not even here. Let's just make this as fucking weird (laughs) as humanly possible. Really uncomfortable. Um, so anyways, let's see what, what, what is going on. Let's, what what are we going to start with this week? Why don't we start talking about sports, everybody? Huh? The fucking Bruins finished off the goddamn filthy Flyers, which made me feel good. And for all Flyer fans out there, I'm not even going to talk shit. I'm not even going to gloat because uh, I was beyond nervous when we were up three games to none uh, because of what happened to us last year. And I was actually, I was actually praying, not praying. I was kind of hoping on some level that you guys would win one of the first three games. So, so it, even if we lost the series, it wouldn't again be from fucking being up three games to none. So I have to admit. I don't know if you noticed, but when you guys tied up game four at 1-1, did you notice how quiet the fucking garden got? So uh, we were all nervous about that shit. But uh, that's it, man. Enjoy your golfing. Go fuck yourselves with your little fucking creamsicle uniforms. It's over. It's fucking over for you once again. And hopefully we won't be right behind you because I'm fucking nervous about playing Tampa Bay. 
because they have uh, they got three cunts on that team that can put the biscuit in the basket, as they say. And uh, really, uh, I don't fucking know. It's the Bruins. You know what I mean? Every time you get excited and you're like, you know, this might be the year. This could be it. Oh, speaking of filthy flyers, what about that bullshit at the end of the game? Was it because we got, we scored two empty net goals that you decided to give Patrice Bergeron a mild concussion? The basic, the Jason kid of our fucking team? Is that what you had to do? I'm really happy that what's-his-face, uh, Josh Hartnell actually shaved off all that fucking hair that he had. I really hated that whole Mac Davis look that he was rocking. And I couldn't... I got to admit, I didn't even notice him in the in the series. I think he's like Thor. Like he cut off his fucking hair. Who's the guy? If you, if you cut off his fucking hair. Uh, uh, Samson? Is it Samson? Is it Samson? Are you one of those comic book nerds who no, get no, into f- all no, this? No, 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 fuck no. I, you ask me anything about comic books, I don't have any clue. Yeah, all these no. fucking movies. Thor? I mean, how, how much are you scraping the bottom of the barrel when you're down to the guy who has a hammer. <laughs> He's got this fucking hammer, and he, he, he and that's all his power, and then fucking his dad throws it down to the earth. Like, I, I got to admit, I understand that me being into sports at the level I'm at and the fact that I don't even play is roughly the same thing, I guess. But at least sports is real. The fuck is wrong with you guys with your goddamn Thor wallpaper and Flash pajamas? And they've how many how many fucking good movies do they even make with these superhero movies? Honestly, did you guys really like Spider Man? Were you really into that? Where they uh, they gave him a girlfriend with those little teeth? Remember that? And he's fucking kissing her upside. They turned it into a fucking love story so they could get you to bring your fucking broad down to the movie theater. Spider Man did not have a not good looking or a mediocre. Whoever the fuck played. His wife in those movies, I would not be nervous approaching in a bar. And that there's something wrong with that, being a balding redhead. Okay? There's something wrong. I, I, should, be, I should be beyond nervous. But I wasn't. I remember when I, when I saw the fucking movie, I remember thinking, where's the raven-haired, big hip, big titty girlfriend that he had in, in the comic books? And she was nowhere to be found. Kirsten Dunst. That's what it was. With her little toddler teeth, sitting there smiling at him. She was awful. She looked like like a picture you'd see in like one of those uh, one of those fairy tales, the fables, you know. Be like the girlfriend. I'm being too mean to her. I was gonna say the fucking girlfriend of the troll <laughs> under the bridge. Um. Anyways, uh, this is probably odd to actually have them hearing you laughing in the background. Usually, it's just me sort of like babbling. I can turn my mic in, off in, in in the bedroom. You know what? Yeah, bring that down just okay. so because you, you know how people are on the yeah, fucking yeah, internet. Sure. No matter what, they're gonna trash it. The podcast sucked. What the fuck was that guy giggling in the background for? I'm gonna have to deal with all of that, all of that horse shit. So, uh, like I said, when I look at you in a moment of panic, like I don't know where the fuck this is gonna be going. Uh, for the love of God, bring up your mic and uh, and save me. But uh, like I said, we're sitting here. We're waiting for uh, for the legendary Jim Norton. Star of, I was actually looking at his IMDb page and uh, I didn't realize all the shit that this guy's done. He just recently did a spot on Bored to Death, a uh, hit television show, I believe, on HBO or Showtime. He's a best selling author. He's got two books, Happy Endings, I Hate Your Guts. He's got a brand new CD out called Despicable, available. Look at me, I'm hyping his shit before he even gets on the goddamn phone. By the way, um, when when I gave him the phone number to call in, they are going to. It's going to light up here, right? I'll see it. The phone numbers are going to yeah. light up. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yep. All right, this takes me back to the days I used to do a show back 
with the teen idol sensation from the Opie and Anthony show, uh, Joe DeRosa. I used to do a show. We used to try to take callers, and it used to always be a fucking nightmare. So um, this is actually taking me back. You know, we used to actually do this show called Uninformed that we're trying desperately to bring back. The problem is, is that we live on opposite coasts. I don't know if we can tie in Skype. We got to figure out a fucking way to do that. Um, but we used to take callers, and because it was a brand new show, we might as well have been like on like like public access. We just go like, "Hey, we're talking about uh, apple trees. Anybody want to call in on that?" And then we would just have fucking callers call in. And we, hey, we're talking about apple trees. And you pick it up. Hey, why don't you go fuck yourself, you fag? And then they'd hang up on us. So we stopped taking callers. And I learned my lesson. So this um, this week I'm just going to have fellow artists, fellow artists call in. But wait a minute. You know, I'm getting sidetracked here. I almost forgot to talk about the fucking Lakers. What the hell was that? What in God's name was that fucking debacle? That's how you go out. Los Angeles Lakers, you call yourself. What the fuck was Magic talking about when you were a classy organization? Since when? I think you showed your true colors. Bunch of goddamn... That's how you send out Phil Jackson, the fucking red aura back of, of, of this era? That's how you send him out? By elbowing that little white guy from the YMCA? You see that little spaz coming down the fucking paint? I don't even know. He, he was like maybe an inch taller than I was. He just looks like some guy, you know... Who just, you know, you know, those guys, those short guys are the worst whenever you play pickup hoop, you know? They got their fucking balls right on your leg, just playing ridiculous defense. That was that guy. So there was part of it that I actually thought was mildly funny, that he elbowed him. He went beyond the floating rib. He cut that rib that's right in your fucking armpit. But uh, seriously, man, what, what a fucking horrific way to go out. You know what's funny? This is how much I hate the goddamn Lakers is I didn't even watch, I didn't even watch a minute of basketball for months. I think the last time I watched a game was when I went to a Memphis Grizzlies Lakers game. I don't watch hoop. I think it's fucking boring as hell. Pro hoop, everybody gets six fouls. There's 11 guys on each team. That's 132 fucking fouls. And then once they get in the penalty, the fucking game is decided by unguarded shots from the foul line. It's fucking horrific. It's horrific. But if I see the Lakers are about ready to fail, that's when I tune in. And I got to tell you, I was out on Mother's Day. Did you guys have a good Mother's Day, by the way? Anybody out there? Did anybody out there order pro flowers? I haven't heard a fucking word from them, so I'm, I'm taking that as a bad sign. I don't know that I sold any bouquets. Omar, last week I actually had, for the first time, I had uh, advertising here on this podcast, and I was all excited. Right. And I did sort of my own brand of, of podcasting, uh, advertising, right. where you sort of drop you know, hints about serial killers and incest and possibly you say cunt in the middle of the read. <laughs> right. And uh, I don't think, I don't know that I sold any. Yeah, it didn't work too well? Well, you know what, I, I, try, I tried to go the fucking everyman route. Right. I tried to be like, I'll just make this shit conversational. I'll just say it the way I say I thought I painted a nice picture. I was talking about, what, what did you get your mother for, mother, for Mother's Day? Uh, just the First of all, do you, do you like your mother? She's okay. She's she, all right. She, so she, yeah, she kind of gets on my nerves, you know. I, you know, it's definitely. I kind of do it just because I have to. Type all of right, deal. So you, we have a really good relationship. Okay. So you just got her a card. Yeah. When did you get it? Mother's Day Sunday. When did you get it? Uh, Friday. You got it Friday. Right. The pickings were pretty slim, weren't they? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And that's what I was saying. By the time you get in there, the, the only thing that's left is like the fart joke card, yeah, yeah. or the one that's like mildly incestuous. Right, right, right. Right. That you Could really you... over the top love your mom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I said. Yeah. 
That's what I said. Well, how come I didn't sell any fucking flowers? <laughs> I haven't heard one goddamn peep from the people over at Pro Flowers. You know what? Fuck that. <laughs> fuck them and fuck their fucking flowers. Right? You call me with updates. I'm too insecure. I can't deal with the silence. You know what's funny? I bet I sold a bunch of them, and now I just told them to go fuck themselves. It's inevitable. You know what I'm doing? I'm just going to do this podcast. I want advertising on this thing, but I'm going to continue to do it the way I do it. And when, when people finally, you know, there'll be products <laughs> that, that, that fit into uh, saying cunt in the middle of it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So anyways, the fucking Lakers. The goddamn Lakers lose. And uh, I, I just it just thrilled me to no end. But I got to tell you something. They went out like a bunch of bitches. All right, a bunch of seven-foot bitches that I would never say it to their fucking faces, but I'm saying it right now in the safety of this soundproof room. What the fuck? Who 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 the fuck told that guy to take his goddamn shirt off? And he wasn't even in shape. Andrew Bynum, maybe you didn't blow out your ankle every time you crossed your fucking legs. You could do a goddamn sit-up. How dare you? How dare you do something like that with a man who's got eleven championships? I don't know. You know what fucking kills me is I'm actually psyched. Hopefully that Phil Jackson is going to retire because he has the ability to, 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 to coach a team with a bunch of stars, much like a Joe Torrey. And I'm really hoping that motherfucker is going to quit, you know, and go fucking stare at his navel and do all that Zen shit as he takes ecstasy or whatever the fuck it is he does. Just get out of it. Just get out of the league. I don't give a fuck if you get back in the league. Go join the Heat. I don't give a fuck. Just get away from the Lakers. Right? But this is what's killing me. I'm hearing rumors that the Lakers are going to get Dwight Howard. You know, because he wants to come out here and be a fucking movie star. And I was just joking about that on Kevin and Bean. Like, when are these basketball players going to realize that they don't have a shot at being a fucking movie star because they're too goddamn tall? You know, don't you see how ridiculous you look in street clothes? Have you ever seen a, a professional basketball player off the court, like standing in a bar? They're fucking, they got to duck every three seconds so they don't get hit by a ceiling fan. They're freaks. They're absolute fucking freaks. You think you're going to sit there and be like a love interest? Maybe if they remake Conan the Barbarian and you want to sit on the back of a fucking Clydesdale and your feet are still dragging on the ground, we could stick you in that. It's just pissing me off that Dwight Howard's going to he's going to come out here and Kobe might get another fucking ring. He, that guy has no moves, right? Do you realize the amount of people who could kick the living shit out of me that I've already trashed? Why don't I trash somebody who can't do anything? How about Osama Bin Laden, everybody? Huh? There's one motherfucker who won't be knocking on any cave doors anymore. You know what blows my mind is I, I am totally into conspiracy theory, but the conspiracy theory that people have that he, was, that he was already dead or even better that he's still fucking alive, it actually made me laugh. You know, paranoid, fellow paranoid psychos out there, um... If Osama bin Laden was still alive, right, and you're hanging out with them and America is sitting here gloating, having one of their first truly proud days, I feel, since September 11th, because that shit's just been hanging over this country. Wouldn't you just make a video with Osama holding the fucking Pakistani Gazette for that day? Maybe you guys go over to the water park. Are you allowed to do that in that part of the world? Do they have six flags infiltrated there yet? The fucking infidels? Have we, have, we, have we given you a theme park? You know? Did we come up with some sort of Arab uh, fucking Mickey Mouse that we could sell to you? Maybe stick a fucking Starbucks right next to it? You know? Wouldn't you just do that? Make the video and be like, hey, I'm still alive. Go fuck yourself, America. And then, then Obama would look like an asshole. 
And then he would be fucked for 2012 for saying that uh, that Osama was dead. Or if he died years before, why wouldn't you just release that video? I don't get it. You know, like, even, even I'm not that fucking paranoid. I think it's a great thing. And all you fucking losers out there who are trying to be all fucking deep going like, man, what's everybody cheering about, about the killing of a, of a, of a fellow human being? Because he fucking killed 3,000 people, you asshole. You know, I, I love these fucking idiots who are trying to be like all fucking deep as they're sitting there going like, oh, well, you know, we got mad at them when they cheered when the fucking towers went down. And now here we are cheering when Osama gets killed. It's like, well, here's the difference. All right. Those Osama bin Laden actually is a fucking mass murderer who created 9-11. All right. So that that's who we killed. We didn't just fucking kill a whole bunch of fucking innocent people and started cheering. Isn't that the difference? Ah, go fuck yourselves. Okay, you got a rabbit dog in your neighborhood. You fucking put it down. Okay, do you think... And I don't like how this guy's being made out by some people. Osama bin Laden like he's some sort of a fucking rebel. He wasn't. He was a goddamn psychopath. And if he was running the world, would you want... I don't I don't think I'd want to be a chick, right? I wouldn't want to be uh, not only not part of his religion, but practicing the religion the way he feels... In a different way than he feels you should. The guy was a fucking maniac. All right? I thought he was a rebel. He should be living in a cage, not sitting in a fucking mansion. Guy's got a bigger house than I do. Fuck him. He was a rich kid. He was rebelling against his dad. He got two beans to the cabbage, and they threw him in a lake. And I love it. You know? <laughs> you know what's funny? I got, I got Oh, shit. Saved by the bell. Saved by the bell. I think this might be Jim Norton. You got to pick up. He's picking yeah, up the sorry. phone. Nope. He's picking up the phone. No, it's my wife. It's your wife? Yeah, it's my wife. Ah, Jesus so, Christ. Sorry, dude. Hey, guys, I'm in a minute. No, you know what? Sorry, this is not very professional. No, no, it's all right. Yeah, why the fuck did it? You know what? You no. know how, what a loser I am? I didn't even realize that that moment wasn't professional. <laughs> sorry about that. Jesus Christ. I was all excited. You know what? Jim was supposed to be on like like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. I got a feeling it ain't going to happen. Busy man like do, him. Do you have his number? Busy man like him? Uh, yeah, I do, but I'm not going to bug him. Okay. He knows he's supposed to call in, but I mean, okay. I don't know if he's wrapping up. I don't even know what fucking time it is over there. You know what's going to be fucked? You know what might be the comedy of this fucking episode is that I came down to this studio and then nobody calls in. <laughs> no, absolutely nobody calls in. Jesus Christ. What do I do here? Do I hit pause on the recording and then call my publicist? Is this what I have to do? Any port in a storm? Huh? What do you think? Yeah, we could do that. All right, fuck it. Hit pause for half a second. Sorry, everybody. This is the, you know what? This isn't even going to be a pause in your guy's world. This is just going to fucking flow. All right, hit pause. All right, we're back. Um, is That that thing's not moving over there, the old EKG monitor. No, that's working. Are we it's back? Yeah. Oh, I see. All right. Well, we're back, and uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. All I know is uh, David Tell is supposed to be our next guest. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. Do you guys realize the level of high hopes that I had for this fucking podcast? I was actually in a real studio. I actually got a real professional here to work the goddamn board. The levels were going to be great. I was going to have people calling in. Last week, I had advertising. I mean, it was all good. What could go wrong? You know what it's like? Anybody see that Mark, uh, that 30 for 30 Marcus Dupree story? I couldn't even get through it. This guy's like one of the greatest running backs that never made the pros. 
He actually finally got to the pros. He played a few games with the Rams or some shit. But I wanted to feel bad for the guy. But he was such a dope, and he was surrounded by a bunch of dopes that I couldn't feel bad for him. I just had to shut it off. It was just, and then I got another opportunity. Uh, uh, I wasn't in good shape as I could have been, but... um. And it's just like, all right, go fuck yourself. You know, I'm weird, man. I'm a, I, I am like a total fucking like liberal, and I... And I I I adjusted my liberal thought. Well, you know, I will definitely listen to somebody else's side of the argument, but if you're not fucking working to dig yourself out of a fucking hole, then, you know, bury yourself. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to still sit there. Who's that chick with the big head from All in the Family? She's always standing next to people who need a sandwich, right? I don't give a fuck at that point, you know? That didn't even make sense. You know what I was really trying to say? It's like, yeah, it's like I, I had a buddy of mine. Just fucking his whole his whole life became about weed. And he just was smoking it all the fucking time. He was getting high at work, getting fucking flunking drug tests. Then he starts calling me up. Hey, man, can you give me some money, man? It's like, no, go fuck yourself. So you can do what? Go buy a bag and pay your rent, you cunt? You know, I, if you're in a hole and you're reaching up out of it, going help me out, I'll reach down and pull you out. But when you're face down, digging it deeper, asking me to throw money into it, go fuck yourself. Have I said go fuck yourself enough in, in the last couple of minutes? Um, all right, you know, I'm just going to plow ahead with this podcast and just do it how I normally do it. I'm just going to fucking riff for the rest of the hour. And uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let go of hoping that somebody calls in one of the stars of this tour. That is going to be at the Dar Constitution Hall in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, it stars Jim Norton, Jim Brewer, David Tell, and myself. And I am beyond fucking excited to play this gig uh, May 13th, this this weekend, Friday 13th. That's what I'm supposed to be hyping here. If I could actually just somehow stop my brain from jumping from subject to subject. That's, that's the mission of this fucking podcast is to hype that date. But uh, that actually, that venue, that's where Eddie Murphy taped Delirious. That's where Chris Rock taped one of his specials. I don't think it was Bring the Pain, but it's still Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence taped there. So as a stand-up comedy fan slash geek slash comedian, I am beyond excited to be there. And I'm hoping that someone's going to call in from the tour on this show. I don't know if it's going to happen, though. You know? It's like it's after the all-star break. We just lost seven games in a row, and that last playoff spot is really getting distant. I'm starting to let go. I'm, I'm fucking letting go of it. Fuck it. No one's calling in. At least it'll sound good, right, people? It'll sound nice, you know? Anyways, you know what I was talking about earlier? And this is what's really fascinating, because I'm trying to get myself back into shape. I've dropped like 10 pounds, and I'm trying to hold it off. Fucking actually eating salads. Can you believe that shit? What are you, a fucking queer? Yes, I'm eating salads. I'm a salad-eating fag. And uh, you got to do it. This is the thing. This is what I've learned, and I, I might have stated this before, but this is the fucking thing about being a guy. Women always bitch about how when they put weight on, they put it on their ass and their thighs, okay? Which, as bad as that must be, you know, feeling like you're dragging a tugboat down the fucking street. You know, as your kids are sitting there with cereal in their hair, that's got to suck. But at least with the female form, you know, gives you guys something to fucking hold on to, something to slap, you know, when he's banging you from behind, acting like you're somebody else, pushing your face into the pillow, you know? <laughs> with guys, 
We put our fucking weight on. It all goes to our goddamn head. I don't, I don't know what it is, and it is crucial. As a man in your 30s and 40s, you got to do cardio, man, or else you're going to get that big fucking Ted Kennedy head. And uh, I was starting to get it. And there's a few people out there that have just that that are really, you know, like when they do those those. Um, for those of you who live in the Midwest or possibly Tampa, um, you know, when they do those before and after photos of what it's like when you're on meth, and you know, in the one on the left, you always look like some angelic kid who's like student class president, and then the next one, you look like you're in a fucking zombie movie. They had to do that about guys with the, with like gaining fucking weight, and the first billboard that they should use. And I hate to out somebody. I hate naming names in the podcast, but fucking Ingve Malmstein. Is that how you say his goddamn name? I am a child of the 80s. And uh, this guy was like, uh, you know, the 80s was all about how fucking fast you could play the goddamn guitar. And this guy actually blew past Steve Vai. That's how fucking fast he played. And, you know, I don't know what happened to the guy. His fucking head. Is to, there's a monitor. I wish you guys could see the fucking... Remember, remember the old TV you had when you got a 27-inch screen TV before flat screens came out? You remember that shit? And you thought you were the shit and you could actually host a Super Bowl party because you got that thing? That's what his head looks like. Looks like one of the old-style fucking TVs just sitting on there. And this is the thing. He still teases his hair up to the fucking moon. He wears leather pants. He's an absolute fuck. He's a mess. So there's two things I think you got you got to do as a guy is one, you got to do the card. You got to lay off the booze. I think I'm actually going to come full circle and start advocating smoking weed. As long as you don't get the munchies, get the pres- get get that prescription if you can do it. You get that we smoke that weed that doesn't give you the munchies. Then you can get buzzed a little bit, but then you don't chow. And then I don't know maybe you you cannot fucking end up like these guys. You don't want to be that guy going back to your high school reunion. Just bursting out of your button-down shirt, you know? That big fucking, I own a yacht head, you know? (laughs) Just bumping into shit, head getting hit by ceiling fans. I just don't want to fucking be that guy. But uh, we're going to have pictures up on the uh, the mmpodcast.com. Is that thing blinking? No. Oh, I thought I saw it blinking. I was really praying. Ah, oh, Jesus. I didn't even prepare for this podcast. Well, you know what I realized? I actually have like people asking me for advice. Let's uh let's let's read a couple of things, everybody. Considering this whole thing is just going down the absolute got shitter. You. We got somebody. Oh fuck. We got a caller. Hello. Hello, David Tell. Yeah, hey, what's up, man? Hey, gee, well I'm psyched you actually called. Jim Norton never uh never called it. I felt like I was hosting like a telethon on on basic cable. Going keep keep those uh, keep those calls coming in, and there was like three operators behind me, just clearly not on the phone. What's that? Oh Jesus! Bad cell signal. Yeah. Um, is there any way? Can, can you call us back? Sure. Can you? Oh wait, okay. wait! I, I can hear you now. I can hear you now, Dave. Okay. All right, Dave. Uh, you are calling in because we are playing the uh, Dark Constitution Hall. May 13th, this Friday the 13th, uh, the Anti-Social Tour starring uh, Jim Brewer, Dave Attell, Jim Norton, and myself. And uh, I want to thank you for calling in the show. You're the only member of the uh, of the tour that actually took time out to call in. Yeah, I'm, I, it's going in and out, but I wanted to say, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm calling because I love the show, and uh, I think it's going to be a great run at the, uh, at the, uh, in D.C., yeah, I, I got. Um, I got. Yeah, I can hear you. I hope you can hear me, 
Dude, I swear to God, I'm at K-Rock Studios. I'm not doing this for my fucking bedroom. This is the whole purpose. I know, pur- I can't believe this. This is the whole purpose, the whole purpose, Dave, of me getting out of my apartment and doing this shit this way so it would actually sound professional so when I had one of the fucking best comics out there call in, I could actually hear him. It's been a clusterfuck, Dave. It's been an absolute yeah, clusterfuck. Um, any, anyway, I called in uh, last night at 2.20 in the morning and they had no idea... <laughs> Who I was, why? That was my fault. I, I, I should have said uh, 2.20 in the uh, afternoon. Because uh, I'll just talk. It doesn't matter. I just... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Are we losing them? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Dave. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a fucking clusterfuck. You know, I could have done this shit. I could have done this shit from my fucking house. I could have already had this done. I could I could have already uploaded this shit, and I could be going to the airport right now. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, no. Omar. I'm no. actually I'm doing another episode of Glee. This is my my second episode. Wait, you the, were on Glee before? Uh, uh, yeah, they have, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm doing another one. We actually got wow. to go to New Mexico. We're doing like this this send up a Pee Wee Herman's uh, Mexican hat dance. Oh wow! So I got to fly out to New Mexico to go do this shit, and they wanted me to fly out earlier. Here we go. Oh, let's see who this is. This is going to be Dave again. I'm. Hello. Is that him? Oh Jesus. Uh, yeah. Can you um do me a favor and I can't pass this through the board. Can, can you believe this? Um, can you guys believe number? the level of unprofessionalism right, thanks, that's fucking going on right now? We're not editing out any of this shit. <laughs> this is fucking horrific. Who was right. that? Was that? That, that was Dave. That was Dave. Dave. Yeah. So he's going to be calling yeah, back. He's calling back. <sighs> you know something. I always thought it was odd that I do these by myself, and now I don't. Now, <laughs> now I, I, I am totally fucking sold. All right, he's back. I can't this. believe it. Dave, what's going on, man? How is this? Is this better for everybody? This is great. Let's, you know, fuck all this. Let's let's just get into, uh, everybody knows we're going to be at uh, Constitution Hall this Friday the 13th, the Anti-Social Network Tour, Jim Norton, Jim Brewer, David Tell, and myself. Uh, four comics for the price of one in the middle of a recession. I don't know why the fuck you wouldn't buy this ticket. But, um... Having said all that, Dave, if I could just uh, just get it off of this fucking subject. Um, I, I saw a bunch of shit this morning where uh, people are coming back around saying that America shouldn't be cheering, you know, Osama's death because it's a death of a fellow fucking human being on some level. And uh, I'm about as liberal as they come. And I, I, what, what do you think about that? Shouldn't be cheering. Yeah, like people are going, you know, somebody died. Doesn't it seem weird to be cheering about the death of somebody? Well, I like, uh, I, uh, first of all, I think we should be cheering. And um, the fact that uh, we got those kids off of Facebook and out on the streets doing backflips <laughs> and um, throwing, a, you know, a beach ball around instead of a human head, which is how they would have done it in the Middle East. There so, you go. That's exactly. what... They would have had a nice little um, game of head soccer. And, um, no, I think we, we, we earned it. Um we, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, you know, living in New York City, it's nice to see cheering that doesn't involve some kind of parade, um, you know, like whether it be of the, the Latino variety or the Halloween the Puerto parade. Rican Day Parade, which is always, uh, exactly. yeah, so, which is always uh, fun was, for women. It's fun for everyone. But yeah. the, the fun thing about it, Bill, is that, like, as we're getting more information about him, he's becoming less, like, um, like evil and just more normal and sad, like the rest of us. Like, he lived in two rooms with three women, and uh, he spent most of his time on the computer, you know? 
He's just like looking at TV, dyeing his beard. I got to admit, I I was a little jealous that he had probably a bigger apartment than I. The guy was living in a fucking mansion. I got to tell you, Dave, I I do have to give the guy props as far as how long it took us to find us because I got to ask you this. If if an entire nation was looking for you, like how long do you think it would take him to get you? Yeah. Yeah, 10 minutes. This guy, uh, for his, his little infrastructure, jumping from cave to cave, I mean, I, I, I you know, 10 years. That's, a, that's, that's almost as amazing as how long magic has lived with HIV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess you could put it in. There was a good comparison there. But I think uh, Pakistan did let us down, but they are our best friend. And, you know, much like any friend, you give them a lot of money, and they tell you what you want to hear. And, um, Meanwhile, they're fucking you over. So I, I, I really can't see why everyone's so surprised about it. But um, I think we should slam them a bit. Uh, here's my idea. You ready? Yeah. They have to come in last at the parade of the Olympics. Okay. It's <laughs> the way for all the other countries. Peru, Paraguay, Pakistan. No, I'm sorry. No. You have to wait. They're after him, Zimbabwe. Yeah. It's no more alphabetical. It's by order of country who is uh, helping us on the war on terror. And uh, they can come in, and Germany will be like, we went through this. You know, they'll get over it. Um, eventually, you know, <laughs> they'll be known for your world trance music and, uh, you know, by curious um, uh, porn. But uh, that's uh, just how it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little upset with Pakistan, but I think it was a great win. And uh, I like how uh, they had to describe to people what the Navy SEALs are. I guess any... any um, uh, who are they describing that to? Because every guy in their life wanted to be a Navy SEAL at one point. Like, totally. You know what? I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. Oh, wait. That involves a lot of swimming outside of a pool. Yeah, and you got to have abs. Right there, yeah, I was out. I for, I, for some reason, thought that when I was a kid, I didn't realize that they did shit on land. I thought they were like the real-life Aquaman. Like, if there was no, a, if there was a bad all, ship, they'd come over the side with a knife in their mouth. Well, it's land, sea, and air, Bill. So... No, if he had like, let's say, put on like a jetpack, they would have followed him into the clouds and killed him. <laughs> yeah, I like too how fucking people are trying to like. Are we going to see the identity of the people that whacked them? I mean, just like why? Why would you think? You know, did we ever see the identity of those other two guys in the shrubs who shot Kennedy? They always give you the one guy. They'll give you. Well, like I know the... I will eventually meet these guys because I play a lot of the funny bones and improv <laughs> towns near where they live. And any dude who was in the military will be coming up to me like, you know, I was the dude who shot him, man. Yeah, that was me. That was me. You know, try to keep it on the down low. Can I have, can I have a free DVD there, Mr. Yeah. Attell? Speaking of which, uh, do you have anything um, anything you want to hype as far as uh... – oh, I know. Wait a minute. You know what? I, uh, Dave Attell, actually, is it okay to announce uh, your upcoming TV show? No, but um, I would, oh, I would uh, say that, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on a project, and Bill, you were very cool, and uh, – you got to take a look a little bit at it. It involves, uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a little dirtier, but um, I think it's going to be fun. And that should come out sometime this summer. I, I did a show with Bill where we look watch porn. So, um, you know, we and have believe our- it or not, it's, it's not only is it hilarious, but the way they did it. Because I was worried some of the stuff that we were watching, I was, I was wondering how you guys were going to pull that off and get that on air. And I'm not going to give away what they did, but I watched it. And I, uh, on the last date we did up in Foxwoods, and I thought it was was hilarious. It was actually genius with what you guys were doing because some of that stuff was pretty hardcore, and uh, it was actually hilarious to watch. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think – I don't know. I don't want to jinx it, but it, I, I think he got a good shot with that one. Knock on wood. Thanks, 
No, thanks for doing it too, man. You were you were very cool, and uh, you know it's very hard. I, I know you got like uh, you do a lot of road. You know, you're doing this tour with me and Norton and uh, Brewer, and uh, also you got this podcast thing going. And I think it's kind of cool that you're in the studio. You know. And, uh, you know, uh, is this kind of like a dream? I guess you're kind of like bumped up to like regular, you know, like this is like the real deal, man. I mean, like, are you dressed like a radio guy? Oh, absolutely. I have uh, I have a rock T-shirt on from the 70s. <laughs> I'm going to have the wacky guy who makes sound effects and that type of shit. Um, are you eating a breakfast burrito no matter what time it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I've got to put you on hold. we got the weather guy coming up next. Oh, and, cool. no, right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Totally joking. Um, See, you were so good at it. I was like, oh, I'm so used to that. Like, sure, whatever. That's because I went into my uh, my radio guy voice. That's, that's well, now you've got to keep yourself a good radio name. How about, like, instead of, uh, you know, how about, like, Double B or Bang Bang or something like that? Yeah, it has to either be an abbreviation or there has to be some, this, my, my sidekick has to have, like, an, an animal name. You know, yeah, you listen to Double B and the Gazelle here live on 97.1. We got this next guy coming in. And then I'll ask you the worst fucking questions that you've heard a zillion times. Dave, do you get nervous before you go out on stage? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I love I like when people, uh, radio guys always ask me about, like, uh, going on stage. When, like, I've had radio guys open for me, and they look like terrified like they've never seen the audience that they talk to every morning like yeah that's what they look like that's them you think you were, yeah they're always drinking too they're always deep. drinking before they go out on stage too just trying to calm the nerves it's hilarious you know like you know i gotta get out of here man i got a wet t-shirt concert uh, across town and then uh you know i'm opening a car dealership tomorrow so uh now they always have like a busier life than me i'm jealous of that's what it is well what but, I, uh, I think it's gonna be a good show and so those are the people who did come to Foxwood, and uh, of course, uh, when we were in, in um, Atlantic City, this is our first show outside of the casino world. Now, I am against it, but the rest of the guys <laughs> on the tour think that we have the juice to make to make it happen. So I'm going with these guys. But I saw us as like a casino act exclusively, like a Sonny and Cher. You remember, like a like a like the Osmonds. You know, like we tour exclusively from casino to casino. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, like, conventions and stuff like that. And then, you know, because, uh, you know, you guys still have, like, a chance, but I'm kind of an old hack writing an old credit. So I mean, like, this is perfect for me. You know, like, eventually I'll, like, work at the casino. You know, it'll be a greeter at the casino, you know. Because the casinos are, like, the last roundup before you hit the cruise ships, you know. I always felt casinos when, when you when you sign that, that, you know, I will stay here all year round out in Vegas. That's yeah. That was basically uh, landlocked cruise ship gig. Was basically it's it. You true. you were you had a fear of the ocean, but you've definitely tapped. <laughs> but you've definitely tapped out from the business. But I have to admit, though, every once in a while, like when I'm sick of doing the road, you start thinking, you start lying to yourself, basically that you know what I think I could do that. You know, I'll just get myself a nice house and I'll just do the uh, I'll just do the flamingo every fucking weekend. But uh, I don't, I don't think I can hack it. What's that? That's my dream. I'm older than you, so my dream is like, yeah, you know, like once I hit 50, I go to Vegas, I like buy a house with enough room in the back so it could be like a shooting range and ATV course. <laughs> Me and my stripper wife, you know, we'll like, we'll run that during the day at night. I'll do my, my shitty ass show. And then, you know, um, we'll just slowly die of uh, sun cancer, you know, and that's what it is. Well, do you know, uh, I, I've talked to a lot of people like the the security people out there in Vegas as far as like some of the bigger entertainers. I'm always fascinated with that stuff. And uh, I think that they are fully aware of how batshit crazy you go 
having as a performer having to work not only a casino but the same fucking casino you know five six nights out of the week and uh i'm fascinated with how little time all the performers like spend out there like someone's trying to tell me like all of them i heard like like george carlin when he would do like the two weeks they would have like a limo waiting right like they would pull up like five minutes or ten minutes before the show he would get out He'd do his hour, say thanks a lot, good night. Before the crowd even put like their jackets on to go back out to, to the casino floor, he's already in the car heading back to wherever the hell he's staying. And right. the, the best one I heard was Celine Dion evidently gets helicoptered from her fucking house to the, yeah. top, to the top of the casino, does her show, punches herself in the chest a couple of times to get the notes out, and then she goes right back up and flies back to her fucking house. Yeah, no, she has the Navy SEALs. They uh, totally they fly in and they extract her from the show. <laughs> well, maybe one I day was, they'll shoot her in the leg. They shoot her, yeah, exactly. Well, that girl's available now. So where are the housewives of uh, of uh, Ababad City? <laughs> I want to see that show. They got a lot of hearts. You know what? I've actually heard that they have even worse plastic surgery than the American ones. That's why they wear that little veil. Oh, really? That's I'm t- <laughs> that, that's That's the rumor on the Internet. All right. Well, before we before I get out of here, Dave, uh, just I really appreciate you coming here and, and eating oh, up some minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're a you're a busy guy and everything. And I got to tell you guys, uh, I can't. Oh, like usually when you hype something, you're overhyping it. You're saying it's better than it is. But I got to tell you, uh, I I've done I've done four shows with these guys, and every show I'm standing to the side of the stage watching everybody. This is this is. You're out of your fucking mind if you don't come out to this thing. Okay, I'm not talking about myself. These other three guys who are on this tour are absolutely killing it every night. And uh, we're going to be at the Dark Constitution Hall this Friday, um, May 13th. Please come down. Uh, Tickets are going fast. And uh, how about it for the wonderful David Tell for calling in the show. Thank you very much, man. You were my first call in. Uh, Thanks, Bill. All right, I'll see you there, man. All right, brother. See you Friday. All right, bye, Bill. All right, see you. All right, there we go. Now, if this was a professional show and I had some sort of advertising, I'd be like, we're going to be back in five minutes. And I'd go down the hall, right? Drink a coffee, take a shit, or whatever it is these morning people do. How far into this thing are we? Shit, we're coming up on an hour. Ah, jeez. All right, you know what? What, what, You know what? I'm just going to get into the normal bullshit that I do for this week. I'm going to read some stuff. Omar, do you remember back when you were in elementary school? Yeah. And they made you read out loud, and there was always that kid who was so fucking horrific. You thought he was like borderline retarded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, stammer, stammer every. every yeah, yeah. That's who I am. So if you thought okay. we were going to get out of here on time, <laughs> it, it ain't happening. Right. So fucking uh, put your feet up on the console there, because I'm about ready to start reading out loud. All right, here we go. This is going to be the uh, the advice for uh, for this week. For some stupid reason, you guys keep asking me for advice. Uh, hi, Bill. Uh, just to give you some background, I'm a 36 year old Asian woman. Uh, that was born and raised in the Bay Area. Mm, um, I've been married for six years, and I have a beautiful baby girl. They always start off nice. Everything's great. There's a nice summer breeze blowing up my skirt. Um, The only reason I am telling you this is because I wanted you to know that there are wives, mothers, and Asians that listen to your podcast that think you are funny. Uh, Do I think you're an asshole? Yes, but you're a funny asshole, and that's all that matters. This, This chick is cool as hell. Uh, don't ever let a few idiots that can't take a joke, joke get you down. All right. So a few podcasts ago, uh, you commented that not not every not very many women were writing in. I decided that I should start. Jesus Christ! This is how, this is exactly how they tell a fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> Three minutes before we, we when do we get to the meat of this shit? 
couple of weeks ago, you sounded down, and I was watching Oprah, and I realized I haven't called my friend from high school. So anyways, I decided I should start pulling my weight and shoot you an email for advice. I knew I know that you grew up in a family of all boys. Um, can you please tell me, what is the best way to deal with a troubled male teenager? One of my friends is a single mom and is worried about her 14-year-old son. Oh, Jesus, this is going to be rough. Um, he used to be a pretty happy kid, but lately he's become very quiet and keeps to himself most of the time. My friend doesn't know if anything is really wrong, but when she asks his, for, uh, for his response, his response is always, everything's fine, Ma. Everything's fine. All right, close the door. Thank you. Um, he's not rude and he's not getting into any trouble that she knows of. She's just concerned because he comes home from school and goes straight to his room. She wants to know if everything is okay, but is unsure of how to approach the situation as you know, men don't always love opening up, let alone a teenage boy. Do you have any suggestions? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Um, first thing I would be worried about is, uh, I don't know, is he, is he lovesick? Or is he, uh, is he being bullied at school? Maybe that's what it is. Did something fucking horrific, something unbelievably humiliating that happened to him, and now there's a fucking YouTube video out there of it? With 1.2 fucking million hits. That's one of the worst things about something awful happening to you now as a kid. Is these fucking asshole other kids. They all have cameras. They film it. And your, fuck, your fucking life is over. So I don't know what it is. I mean, I hope it's not drugs or anything like that. But if, if I was in that situation and the kid wasn't opening up, uh, i try to spend more time with them. Um... You know what I'll compare this to? I was never able to pick up a girl in like a meat market, like in a bar. I was never able to do that shit because they had the defenses up. They're fucking ready for you to come at them that way. And I think when they're sitting in their fucking room, they're just in that mode. If you come in, son, is everything okay? You know? Plus, they got to hide their weed or whatever's going on there. But uh, I think if you, if you just get them outside of that shit... Um, I, you know what? I don't know. I'm not a fucking parent, but I think at some point I would just address, say, listen, I'm not trying to pry. I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I've just noticed that you seem a little quieter than usual. Um, did you knock somebody up? You know, eventually come around to that question. You know what? That question, I think, I think it's beyond me. I guess that that's what I would do. I would try to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the kid's into. If he's into, if he's, what are you, in the Bay Area? If he likes the A's or the fucking Giants, buy tickets and then lie and say, oh, I won these tickets at work so then he won't feel like a douche going with his mom. Take it to the game with the mom. You shoot the shit. You have a good time. And eventually, I don't know, you get a couple of beers in him. No, he's 14. I don't fucking know. I, I, I think I would just address the fact that he seems quieter than usual. Um, I would see if he's hanging out with anybody new or different. And if they, if they look like John Bender from the fucking breakfast club, I'd be worried that maybe he was dabbling in drugs. Um, I don't know, but that's a weird age. I know that's right. When I started feeling like a fucking freak, like my elementary school days were good. And right around junior high, that's, uh, that, that went good. High school, high school was where it kind of went off the rails for me. So he's right about 14. I don't know. Maybe he's a freshman and he feels like, you know, all these fucking, you know, seniors are freaking him out. I don't know. He just feels like he's got to start all over again. I have no fucking idea. That's beyond me. And I'm going to give you bad advice. And then I'm going to get sued. So sorry. But thank you for writing in. I do appreciate it. Um, all right. Jesus. This, this might be the worst fucking podcast I've ever done. 
You know, with my luck, the people at K-Rock are actually listening to this, and they were actually considering giving me a fucking job, and now it's over, right? Well, I don't need you! All right, Bill, hey, one of my best friends has been going to church for years. Oh, Jesus. And previously, it has never bothered me at all. I grew up Catholic, and like so many Catholics, I no longer attend church. Gee, why was that? Was it the kid fucking or the uh, money they took from the Nazis in World War II? Um, anyways, but it doesn't bother me in the least if someone wants to go. That's how I feel, honestly. Uh, a few months ago, my friend started asking me if I would like to go to church with him. Oh, God. I politely declined. That just gave me douche chills. That his fucking arms accidentally graze up against your hand when he said it. Ugh. Anyways, since then, my friend has told me he feels it's his mission to spread the word of God and continues to ask me to go. And as time passes, he's getting more aggressive with his church sales pitch. What started off with him just slipping it into casual conversation has now left. How, how the fuck do you do that? You want to go to Subway? Yeah, give me the Italian on Italian bread. And, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, evidently, he, he used to be around Italy. Wasn't he in Italy when he got crucified? Um, so anyways, he casually been slipping this into the conversation. Now has led to me receiving text messages that say the following. This, this means more to me than you know. God has poured out love to me, and he is reaching out to you also. Ignore if you must, but there is a lot at stake here. To this, I replied, honestly, if it's my choice, I don't want to go. Please stop asking me about it. I don't know how many more ways I can request that. His res- he responded with, I'll hold off, but know this. God loves you and will not quit if I do. Oh, my God. This sounds like the first draft of single white female. Um, here comes my question, Bill. What does this, why does this fucking piss me off so much? Because it's creepy. Uh, why do these, why do these cults, uh, what do these cults do to these people? He is involved with a church that people do joke around about and, and do call a cult. Uh, what would you do if you were me? At this point, I don't even want to talk to this guy because these conversations are infuriating me. Um, there's nothing you can do. You got to look out for yourself. You got to cut this guy out of your life. That's it. It's fucking over. He joined a goddamn cult. There's nothing you can do about it. If you try to get him to to see the light and not come out and come out of the cult, you're immediately going to be uh, whatever whatever creepy word they use in his cult for the outsiders. You know, you're 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 one of the others, and you're and you're just going to drive him further into the fucking cult. All right. Hopefully, he's good with weaponry. And, uh, you know, when the FBI surrounds the compound and asks them to come out nicely, um, let me guess, is the guy at the top, does he have, you know, that they're following who started this cult? Does he have long hair and a beard? You know, if it's a white guy, I think that that's how it usually goes. Is he wearing high top gym sneakers? Are they waiting for some sort of flying fucking saucer? Dude, you know what I would do if I was you? I, I would, and this might actually help him to come around, just cut him out of your life. Just stop answering his text messages. Don't hang out with them anymore. And uh, when he asks why, I say, dude, because you're out of your fucking mind. That's why. You're out of your fucking mind. There's like 9,000 religions on this planet, and they all say he goes somewhere different. Why do you think? Don't even say, why do you think you're right? You're out of your fucking mind. All right? You die. You go in the ground. You become a fossil fuel with the stegosaurus. That's it. All right? And someday, if you have any, if you end up with any fucking luck, you'll get extracted out of the ground, and you'll be going right through a fucking carburetor. You know, helping some asshole get to work. Maybe go over to his girl house, you know. 
so he can get his first piece of pussy. Other than that, it's all fucking horseshit. All you need is the Ten Commandments. If you follow those, if there is some sort of after party, some sort of VIP room at the end of your life, you're going to fucking get in. All right? Fuck these people. Cut them out of your life. All right, I think I got time for one more, and then I got to get the fuck out of here. Because like I said, I got to fly to New Mexico, and I'm doing another episode of Glee. And I know you guys think I'm fucking around, but I'm telling you, this is episode number two. And I got it down. All right, number three. Bill, first, can't thank you enough for all the laughs on your weekly podcast. I just realized I don't have enough time to read this because there was something I wanted to talk about. I'm going to close it on this one. Here's a YouTube video you guys have to watch this week. All you got to do is search Chuck Berry, John Lennon, Memphis. Or you can just go to the mmpodcast.com and you see this video. And um, I don't know how to describe this, basically what goes on here. Speaking of women... Um, as much as people talk about the Beatles and how great their music is, was, whatever you want to say, I totally agree with them. I think they're the greatest band of all time. But I have to be honest with you, John Lennon and Paul McCartney redefined Pussy Whipped. Okay? They, they, you remember like when Jordan came into the NBA and he just took it 20 years into the fucking future? This is what these guys did with being Pussy Whipped. People thought they knew what Pussy Whipped was. You have to watch this fucking video. It's... John Lennon is singing with Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry is probably one of the main reasons why John Lennon Lennon ever picked up a guitar. So now he's on TV. He gets to play with his idol. They're playing uh, Chuck Berry's hit Memphis. Okay, John Lennon's got Yoko in his fucking band. They're in the middle of singing this song on television. And they're killing it. It's going great. And Yoko's playing some stupid fucking drum. And even though she has no fucking talent whatsoever, he's putting her in the fucking band just so she'll shut the fuck up and stop nagging him because he's too much of a fucking pussy to tell her that she has no talent. All right? The only reason why you're here, Yoko, is because you're sucking my dick. All right? No, you can't play the bongos. But anyway, she's up there playing the bongos, right? So John Lennon, Chuck Berry. Two of the greats of all time harmonizing, singing this hit from the 1950s. That's what this moment's about. And Yoko, in the middle of it, can't handle that she's not getting any shine. She takes the fucking microphone out of the stand, starts playing the bongo. And as they're singing, you know, go, go, Johnny, go, whatever. She picks up the mic and I swear to God goes, yeah, 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 some fucking crazy shit. And you see Chuck Berry's eyes Fucking open as wide as they are, and, and it's that it's that fucking look. Dude, you ever have like a buddy of yours, and he's 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 dating some fucking psycho, but he's in love with her, so you can't fucking say anything, and you're just sitting there waiting for the fucking lightning bolt to hit your friend in the head where he finally realizes that he's dating a psycho cunt. Chuck Berry had that look on his face. Dude, I'm not even jo- like I'm not even exaggerating. She, yeah, yeah, that's what the fuck she did. And Chuck Berry's like, what the fuck? And it's kind of like, John, that's your woman. Get her in line. And John Lennon does not even fucking, he doesn't even blink. He just he just keeps playing. And then she does it again later on in that song. And then you look at all the other musicians, and they, they just keep playing the song like Yoko isn't even fucking there. And I I, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I thought I was going to be able to describe it to a level for you to, to, to understand it. But you got to watch this video. John Lennon and, and what's his face? Paul McCartney putting that monotone photographer. Not only does he have her playing keyboards, he's got a singing background. I mean, the two of them. I don't they, they just did not have their women in line. 
And uh, I actually get infuriated when I watch this video, the fact that John didn't just stop playing in that moment. And what he should have done was dressed her down right there. It's like, fine, you want to have a fucking moment? This is your moment. If you ever fucking do that again, I will slap you so fucking hard in the head, your eyes are going to look like mine. Do you understand me? You play that fucking bongo and you shut your face. You look like that bitch who crawled out of the fucking well and ring. You understand me? I don't even know why I'm fucking you. I could be fucking anybody. You can't play the bongos. You can't sing. Shut your fucking face. And then he just walks back up to the mic and just counts the band back in. Right? Isn't that what the fuck he should have done? All right, whatever. This thing has been a clusterfuck. I want to thank thank David Tell for actually calling in. I got one. One out of the other three guys to call in. Brewer said he couldn't call in. Jim Norton is just phenomenally busy. Plus, the guy also put together this tour. So I, I can't get upset at him. And uh, I'm fucking here. You got half the goddamn tour, right? You got two out of four, just like the Beatles. Paul McCartney and uh, who else is left? Ringo Starr. Wait a minute. The other two are dead. No, not on this tour. They're both alive. And then we're going to be at constitution hall friday the 13th i might as well hype the other dates this tour is coming through uh chicago we're gonna be at the chicago theater on june 15th the paramount theater in seattle on july 1st and then we're going to be at uh vegas i forget the name of the casino on july 3rd i'll hype it next week and next week i believe will be my 200th podcast so i'll be eating cake next week all right that's the podcast for this week uh, i hope it made sense i know it was a little bit of a clusterfuck uh but that's it go fuck yourselves i'll talk to you next week Let me